You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. World Talk Radio. I invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Global Warming, and Your Health. Each week on Monday from 10 to 11 West Coast time, we have a radio show that's live worldwide. And in the afternoon, our producers out of San Diego, World Talk Radio, uh, produce it for the archive to be on for, from there on, on uh, the Sharon Kleiner Hour uh, World Talk Radio. This is exciting every week. We're learning something more about you living on the earth with earth, not earth living with you. The nature of your life to live with Earth as an individual is vital. And what you learn, how you should take care of yourself, be proactive, think about yourself, how you will live here and be healthy. Because your health affects other people at all times. It's the ecosystem affecting the Earth, but it's your health is an ecosystem. Our show is based on the water. How important is the water? Well, we'll learn more. You're made up of 60 trillion cells. Are you important with water? You bet your life. You are important because of the water. The water on the earth is so vital because it's the life of the earth also. It's everything to do with whether we have this earth or not as a planet. Each week we have something more we learn, and I would like to have questions asked of something else you'd like to learn about the earth and global warming because global warming is dryness and the water could diminish and we don't want that. Today we have very interesting education. We have two doctors from Portland, Oregon with a naturopathic school to learn more about how do you become a naturopath or what is a nature path? And we'll have a lot of fun learning, and we'll be doing more of this with our shows because we want you to learn more about you being more proactive. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and we'll be right back with our guests. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Inviting you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, the power of water and global warming in your health. Your health is so important to the nature of your life on this earth, with earth. And there's a professional medical group that is not understood enough, and I've decided to have some more on. We've had nature paths from New York and from the West Coast. But today we have Dr. Loomis and Dr. Bentenberg from Portland, Oregon, who are with the Naturopathic School of Medicine in Portland, Oregon. 
Dr. Loomis, are you with us today? Yes, I am. Hello. Okay, and I hear you're both sharing a uh, conference phone, and I, if we, we need to really speak up because uh, then we can hear you both. Uh, Dr. Bettenberg, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good. You both are coming through beautifully for our listeners. Great. Um, let's tell our listeners a little bit about what I do here before we start into the meat of their education here today. And I know we'll have other shows because it's time that people started understanding the field of naturopathic medicine. Uh, let's tell a little bit about you, Dr. Loomis, and your background. Sure. I'm a, a naturopathic physician. I trained here at the National College of Natural Medicine. I graduated in the year 2000. I've had a, a private practice um, here in, in the Portland area for the last seven and a half years. And uh, I'm currently the Director of Continuing Education and Alumni Affairs at the college. Okay. And Dr. Battenberg, can you find out a little bit about yourself? Well, I also graduated from NCM back in 1989, and I have taught here at NCM since that time. I also have a small part-time practice, and in the last four years, I've been the uh, Dean of the Naturopathic Program at the National College of Natural Medicine. Okay. Wonderful. Good. Now, um, to tell you, I am sure you looked up a little bit about what the focus of the show is on and heard a little bit more about it, but we discussed the idea of the show, behind the whole show, is people getting more concerned about the natural health of their lives mm-hmm. and then understanding how important the water is. And it sounds simple, listeners, water is so simple, but it is not all over the world. Not everybody has it abundantly, and even those who have it available to them every day, all day, are not drinking enough. Today, let's give them an education, starting with Dr. Bentoncourt. Ben, I'm sorry, Dr. Bentonberg, about the background of a naturopathic medicine, so our listeners all over the world can understand where it originated, what it's, what's happening today, and maybe the advancement of people's understanding of it. Well, naturopathic medicine is based on the types of therapies and treatments that have been used for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And the term naturopathic medicine was actually coined in the United States about 150 years ago as a way of describing the physicians who use these ancient methods of, of healing. Mm-hmm. In uh, the United States right now, naturopathic physicians are primary care physicians in the sense that they can treat people from cradle to grave for any kind of condition that you can imagine, but we stick as best as possible to our roots of herbal medicine, uh, lifestyle, nutrition, physical medicine, hydrotherapy is a way of mentioning the water that you mentioned. We also use water for treatment, not just for drinking. And um, we tend to stick with that in instead of dealing with drugs and surgery whenever possible. Mm -hmm. So you became an integrative companion with the uh, other side of the medical practices here in the United States and around the world. Um, how? Let's Before we get going, too, I'd like to have your opinion. And remember, this is a radio talk show for our listeners to be participating. And, 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 and what we say here is uh, they listen to, they enjoy, they're learning, and they will go out and evaluate with their own thinking. Dr. Bentenberg, on the what this would you call this alternative medicine or integrative medicine? The two 
terms are actually quite different. You can have a person who's practicing alternative medicine that doesn't integrate with anybody. Okay. Or you can have what naturopathic medicine is doing, where we have a lot of physicians who are integrating with medical doctors, osteopathic doctors, chiropractors, okay. massage therapists, to try to bring out what's best for the patient, not just what I can do, but what we can all do for the patient. Now, are you finding in the United States that more of the naturopathic doctors, physicians are working with the other doctors, like your orthopedics and, and your uh, ophthalmologists, and we could go on in the eyes and different backgrounds of different types of uh, medicine. Have you noticed that you've started working more with them integrative? Uh, this is Dr. Loomis, and I'd like to answer that. And what I've found is that the consumer is actually become so savvy at learning about um, what types of medicine are available, it's really driven by the consumer. And absolutely, nature right. physicians are working more integratively, mostly because... Um, the I can understand what you're saying. Excuse me once in a while when I interrupt. Um, I've been in research for many, many, many years in nature, water. I'm a hydrotherapy background. Um, and, and what I have found through the many, many years, and I'm in my late 60s, that all of a sudden through the years that people are understanding and earning uh, a respect of your backgrounds. Um, and you're right about our consumers but all over the world, actually, is that they've always wanted some other direction to go than the chemical. If they didn't have to be in the chemical business, they'd like to understand what the natural would be. Um, and I've noticed that more myself. Uh, I've been at this for 30 years, so I've noticed it more really dominating uh, in the last two decades. And you probably know this already, but my field and my research took us into the medical field, into the drugstore, in the pharmacy department with nature's tears. I missed the first all-natural water hydrotherapy in the world for dry eye. Mm-hmm. And we're the first. And um, so my background to get people to understand individuals on both sides, the naturopathic physicians plus uh, our other physicians, whether they be uh, orthopedic, uh, into ophthalmology, uh, into dental, into any of, any of the backgrounds that I have on my medical team, surgeons, whoever, have been understanding the nature to what's coming. And I think what will be fascinating for us all to be learning here together today and getting our listeners to understand, this is the beginning of the beginning, and it will be all over the world. It's not going to be in just parts of the world. It is the future. Uh, we want people to understand they're living with the earth, the nature of this planet. The planet's not going to live with them. They're going to have to learn how the ecosystem becomes your personal health choices and that the health choices we each make are affecting other people's health. And it's very important that we learn more about what we can do to apply education, education. And as you said, Dr. Loomis, that is what we call our consumer. Um, Let's go in today to uh, when a naturopathic physician, let's say I've made an appointment and I'm coming in to visit you about uh, let's say I'm tired, I'm exhausted, or I'm having an ache and a pain or whatever. What is the first thing you do when a uh, patient walks in the door? The very first thing that you do to show uh, how you practice your uh, profession. This is Dr. Bettenberg. I think the first thing I do is I sit down with the patient and I have them tell me their story. Mm-hmm. I have to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And how much time do you take to listen to the story? 
Generally, the first appointment is an hour long, so we have plenty of time. So you make sure there's enough time for them to tell their story, and, and you both get to know each other. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. So when you're there telling you uh, the story, do they have a piece of paper? Do you, are you writing all this time, and you're asking them questions also? That's right. At first, I ask them to tell me why they are coming. I ask them if they know about naturopathic medicine, mm-hmm. and uh, then I let them talk. And then I start asking questions so that I can try to narrow in on what the mm-hmm. fundamental cause is of what's bothering them. Okay, let's help our uh, listener. Uh, you know, we've been learning more about uh, nutrition. We've been learning more about good rest, sleep. We've been learning more about uh, hydrating. Um, when you're talking with the individual for the first time, are you asking them those questions? What are they eating? We go, yeah, we go through a standard review of systems. Um, so first we let them tell us their story in the way that they're experiencing it. And then when they've really given us a good picture, we go through a review of systems. How are you sleeping? How are you eating? What time are you eating? Mm-hmm. Um, are you happy with your life? Are you waking rested? Um, you know, how is, are you having any chest pains? And we just go over their entire body, um, inside and out. How are you eliminating? Are you having regular bowel movements? And good, good. I'm glad to hear that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that used to be a bumper sticker that was on the door to the faculty offices here was the road to good health is paved with good intestines. And, and eliminating. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really, it's really, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's something we talk about quite often here. Okay, well, I'm going to be. I'm going to go back to that one in a minute. Okay, um, but so what, that was Dr. Loomis just talking, right? It was. Thank you. Okay, uh, Dr. Loomis, when you were talking about uh, the individual and you're going to get to know them and you want to ask them about what they're eating, what they're not eating, did you ask them what supplements they're taking? Oh, absolutely. We usually ask them to just bring them in a big bag. Everything you've been taking. Good. Bag. I'd like to see. Take a peek at this, and then they're usually in a bag. Oh, absolutely. I've had a pet, I've had a complaint. Uh, I'm very open about this all over the world. I'm concerned about all of these multi-level supplement plans that people go out novicely, and yes, they are reading this little blurb, or they can go into a health food store, and no one's qualified for them to ask questions about what they're after. And they end up with one more again to add to their supplements every day. Which one might be not agreeing with the other one because you are a special person? No two people have the same fingerprint. No two people have the same eyes. People are different. Maybe what is, what you're taking doesn't agree with you and you haven't noticed it. Or maybe you're complaining it's the symptom of whatever else excuse. It may be you're taking the wrong supplements. Oh, absolutely. And the idea that anything that's natural is safe is so misleading. Um, it's not the case. Uh, just because right. it's not, I mean it's safe. Well, isn't, isn't cigarette tobacco a natural product? Exactly. I know. And, uh, isn't, and don't people, aren't people allergic to air? Oh, yeah. Aren't people allergic to some of the waters of the world? Yeah, so it's really, it's really common to find at least a part of a patient's uh, picture of, of, of symptoms may be caused, especially if there's someone who likes to take a big list of supplements. I've certainly seen people who've been suffering because of the supplements they've been taking, mainly because they, they went into it with good meaning, but really not the background that they needed to know what was good for them and what wasn't, and it's important to get good management when you're using natural medicine. I think everybody in the medical field are finding, and listeners, this is vital, that when you have a symptom, 
before you go to do something about the, uh, the symptom, the complaint, the uncomfortableness, something that's alerting you, which is so important for you to be aware of. But beware of what you might take might make it worse. And always take the, if there's something that you don't feel good about, immediately understand, take it back to the doctor, take it back to the pharmacist, take it back to the naturopathic physician. Uh, people are not doing that fast enough. Uh, they want to blame the doctor. They want to blame the uh, whatever, and they've got to realize they are the pro, they need to be alerted to their own health, their own symptoms, so they can assist and be better at any than anybody else at their health. Sure, and there's a reason that this is a four-year postgraduate medical program. It's a lot of work to learn how to use natural medicine in this way properly. And, uh, and so it's really important to know what is going on before you start throwing solutions at it. Okay, I like that. Okay, now we're going to move into the fact that they've come into, and I hope you're stressing, because I do, bringing their log, bringing a book that they keep on themselves like a diary so that when they're sitting there talking with you, they've written down some notes, but they also can write down notes to leave. Uh, it's so important that we start looking at ourselves as an organized manual uh, to be healthy because, as you both have noticed, have you noticed in the United States this year, the flu virus is out of control. Yes. Mm-hmm. Out of control. And you'd think that by now we'd be thinking out and figuring it out. I'm the first one to say, have you been drinking enough water? Because um, they and somebody will say, well, I know I haven't been. Well, I'll say, guess what? When you're tired, go have some more water. When you're upset, go have another glass of water. If you're, if you feel like you might have a virus coming on, start having a lot of water. People don't realize we're, don't have enough, we're not drinking enough water. And, uh, that to me is number one. But, uh, people are, uh, have got to learn about their nutrition and their sleep. Now, with both of you being your backgrounds of dedication, your mission, you probably, in your youth or sometime in your life, decided, I don't want to go over here to be this particular medical practice. I want to be a naturopathic uh, physician. Was there a personal thing with each of you that you found that that's why you wanted to go into the nature? Well, this is Dr. Bettenberg, and for me it was very personal. I uh, was living overseas, and I got sick, and I went to an MD, and he decided I needed... Um, some kind of drugs to change my attitude. And I didn't want to do that, so I went to a naturopath. I'd never heard of one. And I went to her, and in six weeks I was fine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this went on. I uh, had to have a few more episodes like that before I realized, because I was working in the standard medical field at the time. So I had to have a few more episodes of that, including breaking a bone and not having it heal, before Mm -hmm. I realized that um, I needed to investigate this. There's another side here. Another side, and on a much deeper yeah. level than I'm doing it on my own reading magazine. And I think we need to understand, too, listeners, that the two the medical professions. I don't care whether it's orthopedic, uh, anything to do with neurology. I don't care which practice, dental, uh, naturopathic. Everybody, when they're going to medical school, you're learning so many different things. Mm-hmm. And in your particular field, naturopathic physicians are learning something the other doctors don't, are not stressed on as much, at all in their field. So they have you, you can learn to work together. Absolutely. Exactly. And this is why I'm going to be of an assistance here. I've already got the nature to the pharmacy department and drugstores and doctors thinking, oh, my gosh, the water works. I can't believe how this works. Um, now, Dr. Loomis, what was your personal 
reason of getting into the naturopathic physician? Um, I, I grew up in a family that was very uh, strong in science. My grandfather was a horticulturist, and, you know, he worked with plants and very passionate okay. about plants. And my parents were both in, into biology and anthropology. And so I understood, uh, you know, I understood a lot of how that applied to the world, but I, I also saw that there were different modalities of natural medicine, like shiatsu, was so interesting to me, the idea that there were channels of energy in the body, and, I, you know, that was my understanding as, as a teenager. And I, I thought what a shame it was that there were all these alternative modalities that didn't seem to have a good umbrella that brought them all together in an understanding, you know, as, as a scientific understanding. How are they working? Why are they working with the body? And if they don't work, why don't they work? And uh, so when I came, uh, kind of stumbled across naturopathic medicine, it was just an aha, you know, the sky opened up, the light, uh-huh. light showing down. Intrigue. This is where I belong. It's, it's scientific, yet it's also very creative. I have a, a vast love of the field of psychology. And, um, but you're so taking it with the nature of psychology. And it combined all of my loves uh-huh. together, and I was just so excited to study Now, the one thing you mentioned, and I'd love to have on my show sometime, and maybe you can help as a horticulturist. I've always said to, in my field of study all of these years, that a horticulturist has an instinct that is absolutely into the life of a species that we should learn more about, plant life. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice thing as a naturopathic uh, physician, when I'm challenged with something a problem with a patient and a, it's like a pattern of illness and I don't understand it, I try to find where that pattern occurs elsewhere in the natural world. Is there a plant that, you know, maybe displays the same kind of pattern? And I know it sounds really... Uh, oh, no, no, and I'll, I'll explain that to my listeners too where you're coming from because my field is hydrotherapy and water therapy and studying waters of the world and the originations of that life, uh, of, uh, a whole existence is water. And I have been able to determine in my evaluations that we'll study more and more as life goes on that every time you, if you had an itch on the toe, you had a dehydration at that spot. If you've got a virus coming on, you've got a dehydration symptom of a weakness somewhere. If you've got heart trouble, cancer, mental, I don't care what it is, an anger streak. If you've got an addiction trouble, you became addicted because your, your uh, hydration, your dehydration symptom was more than somebody else who didn't become addicted. So I believe you're right, Dr. Loomis. There should be more study on what's happening with the dehydration effect of, of the species. Um, it's vital because if you're living with 50 trillion cells and outside of the body you're living with the earth, living to, with, facing the earth and the skin is your dam, is your factor. Oh, the other one is when the eyelid opens, the organ of the eye is the only uh, uh, organ that doesn't have a skin over it at that second. What, how much influence does our eye organ have with what's going on? Mm-hmm. So you are right, and um, your field is exciting, and it's coming on. Uh, we're going to take a break and come right back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, but we're going to get dive in now to some of the suggestions that you both will have with people how to think about taking better care of themselves. We'll listen to our sponsor. Back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Dr. Loomis, let's ask you a question um, about what you've been learning with your background um, and when you're, the patient is coming in to see you, what is the most common symptom that you're finding that people need to be aware of and what maybe they might do? What is the most common symptom that you're finding that is uh, for people's health uh, that is an issue to them? Mm. Um, I know, isn't that? <laughs> big question. I would say fatigue. Fatigue, uh-huh. Common question, symptom in that I think the reason I see so many fatigued patients is because I get a lot of word-of-mouth referrals from other people who were fatigued, and then I worked with them, and they are no longer fatigued. It tends yeah, I'm glad you did that, uh, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's ask Dr. Bettenberg, uh, what is yours? Well, actually, I was sitting here rooting for fatigue when she was talking. Because that's, <laughs> yeah. the most, that's the most common thing I see as well. Yeah, I'm rooting for fatigue, too. <laughs> you know, you know, it's so interesting because I think every scientist, everybody that we could talk with in a room, and because she said fatigue, they would say, you know what, that is the truth. Because when you get tired, everything else begins to dehydrate out of control. And if you haven't learned to slow that dehydration down, you're going to get tireder and tireder more exhausted, weighted behind the eyes, you'll feel dry, you'll get headaches, allergies, viruses, anxiety, dry mouth, dry skin, dry eyes. Did you? Am I right or wrong? They certainly all happen together, yes. They're all together, yeah. Okay, what do you recommend? Let's start out with giving our listeners some ideas. Fatigue is an out of control around the world. Uh, what do you often recommend if you ha- have an anxiety of fatigue? The first thing that um, we have to look at is for that individual person, what is the cause of their fatigue? What are they doing? What are they eating? What are they, what's mm-hmm. their work schedule like? Mm-hmm. Um, what symptoms are they having that associate into the first signal that they, the first um, symptom they have is that they're tired. Mm-hmm. Nobody is sick without being tired. That's exactly. And, and so we really have to spend some time investigating the thread. That what's the first thing you ask them, though, the very first item on your list? First thing I say is, why are you here? Why do you need me? Uh-huh. But, I mean, you, they've said you've come to conclusion. They're tired. They're exhausted. What's the very first thing you ask them if they're doing or not doing for their health? That well, might... I generally start with diet and go down my list. What about water? Did you ask them how much water they're drinking? Water is part of what I ask when I say, what are you putting in your mouth? Yeah. Did you both know that in the national nutrition chart, there is no glass of water? (laughs) No, there's no calories in water. (laughs) They're not going to list that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We have a uh, a caller calling in. Uh, Dave, are you there? No, I guess he's not there. 
anyway, um, excuse me, I didn't know. But back to where I'm at. Um, when they when they're tired and they're exhausted and they're sitting in front of you, the first thing would be how much water are you drinking and then go from there. Now, have you noticed that uh, because it is common, and you're right, and it will become more common because of the computers? No, I think there's a, a, lot, of, a lot of reasons for sure that there, that there uh, is fatigue. Yes. Uh, so what, what else do you recommend to your, so our listeners could learn, let's say a listener is ta- uh, listening and they, uh, yeah, I agree, fatigue. What do you offer them to learn over the, uh, with this show? Uh, well, I ask them to, when did it start? And so we really try to map out um, what, how they were doing. One of my very common questions is, when was the last time you felt really great? And then mm-hmm. they think back to when they felt really healthy, and then we try to think from there what happened in their life. Did they change their work schedule? Did they change their dietary schedule? Have they had more stress in their life? Have they changed their routine somehow? And we can go back and kind of put together the puzzle that they are of what happened when mm-hmm. and, um, and then really get to the root cause of their particular uh, experience with fatigue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there anything in particular, though, that you could give as a, a little uh, exciting uh, little tip today for free uh, that the listener could think about, well, if you're tired and you don't have enough time to get your appointment today, what's one of the things that they would consider to overview, how, to try, try to correct the fact that they're very tired every day? Is there one thing or two things that you could give them today as uh, kind of a little uh, tip for their education? Sure. Um, I often find that uh, people, as they get into processed foods, they've they've eaten food. They're eating foods that are stripped a lot of minerals and a lot of B vitamins. Um, a lot of the vitamins may not be as available in processed foods as they would be in the brightly colored vegetables that they may okay. get. Okay. So you're suggesting maybe, and a lot of our doctors across the United States have said this. Uh, I know uh, Dr. McDonald, who's one of the founders at iLASIK. Marguerite said, oh, green vegetables. People are not getting enough fresh green vegetables. Uh, so you're recommending uh, some fresh green vegetables. Actually, for fatigue, I tend to, I tend to talk more about the whole grains with the, um, with the minerals still in the husk because I find a lot of people are mm-hmm. having a lot of muscle cramping and it has a lot to do with their mineral status. Mm-hmm. And if they ate more whole grains over time, they'd get more of those minerals. Okay, let's help our listener because, you know, a lot of times if a person thinks the whole grain we're going into a whole grain and maybe overdoing it. Uh, how much whole grain food should they eat a day not to overdo it so they can digest their food? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I guess because you know what, what I'm saying here is in my research I've learned that we have a tendency, all of us are human, uh, that if you're tired, oh, my gosh, I'm going to start eating more whole grain. And then all of a sudden you're eating too much whole grain. What is the balancing act? I'm just thinking if you if you maybe have a sandwich a day and then a piece of toast in the morning that if you choose a bread that has a, a like a, a a lot of um, whole grains in it or if you're going to have instead of having potatoes necessarily with you know dinner you maybe try a new a new grain uh, you know uh, quinoa or something else that's rich with fiber and um, or if beans or some lima beans or uh, that direction too. Sure. Yeah, beans and name some of the some of them so they can really think. Um, well, if you're going to choose a rice, then the 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 brown rice would be okay. There we go. Right? So the brown rice rather than white rice. 
maybe beans or uh, different legumes that they that they can think about rather than having a white potato or white rice. And another thing I find is that there are a number of people who don't digest uh, wheat terribly well, but there's a cousin of wheat called spelt. And spelt. Now, how do you spell that? S P E L T. S T E L T is a new one. Now, uh, they can buy that at the health food stores. Health food stores, and actually in the Portland area, it's in most of the grocery stores. Um, in they tend to have kind of a healthy food section, and it's in there. Mm-hmm. And they even make spelt pretzels and spelt pasta. And spelt is much higher in in fiber, and it's much higher in um, mm-hmm. tends to have more of the whole spelt, you know, the whole grain in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're they're getting a much higher fiber content with the bread type products they would normally be consuming anyway. Okay. Very similar taste to wheat. Okay, I'm moving into now. Uh, they're tired, but do you ever ask them how much sugar they're eating? Oh, absolutely. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, these companies that made these soda pops and, and all the sugar drinks and even some of the juices that are supposed to be what whatever, they had no idea that sugar be, would become an addiction to a society culture. And that sugar is so, uh, people have such reactions, that'll wear them out too. Just a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had on our show not long ago, uh, 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 the organization for um, breastfeeding, and uh, they, uh, they, I found out something that you may agree with, but I didn't, is that they don't encourage during the breastfeeding time any water on its own from the bottle to be drinking water by itself, because they said that there's enough water in the breast milk up to 80% of that's water, that no, 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 it would fill the baby up too much. They may not drink enough uh, milk. Um, and I I was a little disappointed because I thought, oh, my gosh, no wonder these babies liked this, this sweet stuff. Uh, because if you're not giving the baby from as soon as you possibly can get them to take a bottle of water, to get them even like the taste of water because it's not sweet. I, I do tend to to, uh, to agree with the breastfeeding coalition, especially if the baby is younger than six weeks. Their kidneys are not able to necessarily. So when do you think they could start drinking water with, and, and not having something sweet from day one? Well, one, <clears throat> one thing with the little kids <clears throat> is that they do tend to stop feeding when their stomach's full. So mm-hmm. until they're probably about four months old, uh, the best thing to do is make sure that mom is really well hydrated, and then her breast milk will be dilute enough for the baby. And it won't be so sweet, because I breastfed. But I also added water immediately. Um, but again, that was my instincts way back then, <laughs> 43 years ago. Well, uh, certainly should not be allowed to have bottles full of fruit juices and things like that when they're... Yeah. They should certainly be introduced to plain old water. Yeah, they get off the breast. Well, our kids don't don't like it. They don't like the flavor. <laughs> and look how many people our ages don't like the flavor of water. Oh, I I think once I tasted filtered water, I I, I didn't realize how much of the water taste I didn't like was was really just contaminants. So once I had filtered water, I thought it was mm-hmm. delicious. Uh huh. Uh, let's go into now. Uh, we've come through a little bit of exhaustion and nutrition. We've been talking watch your supplements. Uh, what are we going to do now for, uh, uh, what do you recommend to people the most common in our, we don't have too much time left, uh, on the computer? Have you ever had anyone coming in concerns about their health at the computer? 
Well, there are certain a lot of things that are associated with um, problems we're using a computer. One of them is sitting in that position for however long it takes and causing all kinds of neck strain and eye strain. Mm-hmm. And we certainly see that a lot. And I recommend that people don't sit at a computer for more than about 40 minutes at a shot. Mm-hmm. Because, we're, you know, we're having worldwide now a disability with people who can't use a computer at their jobs anymore. Did you know that? Oh, yes, and a lot of it has to do with carpal tunnel syndrome developing. A lot of it has to do with visual problems. Well, number one, visual, uh, because of the fact that they're getting so tired and the eye strain is just out of control. The blinking, there's not enough blinking. And then it moves into the rest of the tension of the body, the dry mouth, uh, jaws tightening up, the rest of the body tightening up, and not at good enough posture. I've had chiropractors on, and everybody is very concerned about that. And I was wondering if you had... Uh, any suggestions to our listeners of what they should do, uh, knowing that their their professional life is the, and their productivity to pay their bills is sitting at a computer all day. They don't get to do it for just now. One thing they said every so often: uh, sit back, close your eyes, and blink a little bit. Drink a lot of water. Have a moisture uh, at the at, uh, nature serizimus at the at the computer, but. Uh, what are you suggesting they do if you're going to be on the computer all day? What do you, how, how do you live your life on and off a computer? Those are certainly good suggestions, <clears throat> and I would take them a step further with having them actually get up from the computer and move around, mm-hmm. blood flowing, and uh, get that water or whatever they're drinking to circulate because um, sitting in front of the computer creates stasis in every organ of the body, and uh, they have to get up and move. So get up and uh, walk upstairs to see the next person that you want to talk to rather than send them an email. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we don't have much time left, uh, uh, and I'm going to let you have a, something to say at the end here. You can have the last word there, but um, what are you thinking on uh, when a person with a naturopath, let's explain the naturopathic physician again, when a person wants to go to looking for a naturopathic physician, how do they select which one is qualified and which one may not be as qualified as you both are? That's a great question. Um, In the United States, there are certain states that license naturopathic doctors. And what that means is that in that state, it's a person who's gone to a four-year postgraduate naturopathic medical school. They've sat for board exams, and they require that they get at least a certain amount of continuing education classes every year. And so those are extremely well-qualified and at the level that Dr. Battenberg and I both are uh, practitioners in those states. Um, you can find those states, which states are licensed, by going to our National uh, Association website, which is www.naturopathic.org. That's N-A-T-U-R-O-P-A-T-H-I-C.org. And that helps you find which states are licensed. And then I believe there's also a physician finder on that um, website. You can also go to our, our school's website, which is www.ncnm.edu, and that helps you find some of our graduates and if they're around you. Um, there are states, the other states where they um, don't license naturopathic doctors, it's possible to practice there if you have the training uh, that, you know, Dr. Battenberg and I have. But it's also possible to go there with, say, a correspondence school education or seminar-type education and, and not have the qualifications, not have any sort of clinical experience, 
And that's just um, something. So if you ask where the person went to school, if they sat for board exams, if they had clinical experience in their education, those are very important questions to ask. Okay, now is that uh, when they go to pick a, uh, let's say our show is influencing people to start looking into some integrative other uh, physicians here. They go to the web. Is, are, are every every single person who's a naturopathic physician are they listed on the web? Well, yes, but the people who go to correspondence schools also um, also list themselves as naturopathic physicians, and it's really up to the consumer, up to the patient, uh, what type of training that they would like their you know what the type of training they're looking for in a physician. So if you're looking for someone who went to a, a medical school environment where they had clinical training, sat for board exams, then you need to look specifically for one of those graduates of the. So next. if they've gone to a medical training school with medical board exams. Yeah, naturopathic medical board exams. Okay, which I would find very important. I I agree. Yeah. I agree. And uh, now to, to close today, and I would you two do another show, and then you could tell me some of the things. We wanted the audience to listen to your background and your school that's there, a little bit of the philosophies and some of the missions, but there's a lot to come. Uh, we're going into China this spring, our company, and also my show. And I wanted to ask you real quick before I let you both do a closing uh, here with yourselves, uh, is China, do they have a lot of naturopathic physicians there? No, they really don't, and one of the reasons is is that China has its own history of natural medicine in their attitude. Okay, so what what would they be called? Let's say you go to one of their uh, their individual physicians, and they're not called naturopathic. Are they called herbalists, or what are they called? They're called uh, practitioners or doctors of uh, Chinese um, natural Chinese medicine. Or there we go. Acupuncture. Okay. okay. They have their own whole system that whole is whole system um, for thousands of years, probably very old. Yes. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Loomis, we'll start with you. What would you like to do, what say to the listeners as we're closing, hoping that you will do another show with us? Oh, that would be great. Um, just with your listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're interested in, in natural health, and a lot of natural health is just really taking the time to understand what is happening, not just what is wrong and how do I fix it, but how did I get sick in the first place, and how did my my um, my diet and my level of, of satisfaction with my life, how did that participate, and how much of it can I can I correct with just my day-to-day activity? Okay, and Dr. Bentenberg? What Dr. Loomis said was very, very good, and I'd like to piggyback on that, saying that all patients need to understand that they have a control over their, their treatment and that they can choose their treatment, and that if they're not happy with what is being offered to them, that there are alternatives out there, and there's people to help them find a method of healing that will work for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you both for joining us today out of Oregon, and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing and your missions, and I hope you'll have, uh, join us on the show again. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Mark. You have a nice day. You, you too. too. Bye. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to be back with Art Bernstein. And today we're going to discuss, again, one of my favorite subjects, endangered rivers, because without the river, there's no water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. You're listening to the Sharon Klein Hour, The Power of Water and Global Warming, Your Health. Your health depends upon water. And today we had some very exciting guests uh, from the Naturopathic School of Medicine in Portland, Oregon, learning a little bit more about integrative medicine along with other medical practices that have uh, been here for a long time. But integrative medicine, or naturopathic medicine, has been here for hundreds and hundreds of years. Without the water, there is no planet. And I think we need to take that serious. Today we have Art Bernstein, who has a background and master's degree in anthropology, forestry, and we liked every once in a while to bring up the rivers. Art, are you with us? Yep, I am. And today you're going to discuss the Columbia River. Columbia, the, the mighty Columbia. Yeah, and, and last week we discussed the um, uh, Willamette River in Oregon that is so abundant, absolutely flows from a narrow little spot into an enormous size and then it flows into the Columbia River. Tell, tell us about where the Columbia River originates. Okay, the Columbia is the major river on the Pacific Coast. Mm-hmm. And it's the longest river in the United States outside of the Mississippi drainage. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it beats out the Colorado by, you know, like 20 miles, something like that. But the Columbia River is much cleaner. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well, it's got water in it. Uh, it has the third most uh, water discharge at its mouth, so it's got a lot, a lot of water. Now, where does it originate? It starts up way in the Canadian Rockies. Mm-hmm. It goes for 1,200 miles and uh, has a fairly steep gradient, so it comes down. So the uh, Columbia River is a 1,200-mile river? Yeah, it goes all right. the way up uh, into British Columbia and then doubles back on itself for like 300 mm-hmm. miles. and then. Wow, what a... Uh, um, Ecosystem wonder. Yeah, Columbia Lake, which I think is like near Kootenay National Park uh-huh. up in, in British Columbia. Gorgeous uh-huh. area. Gorgeous area. Well, I've seen the river. It is so, I've never been to the mouth, but it is, listeners, it is so gorgeous. It is so beautiful. I've been to the mouth. I've been to the source. I've been to every waterfall in the gorge. <laughs> you have been to the mouth. Yeah. Oh, describe it to all of us. The mouth? Um... Well, sometimes the salt water gets all the way up to Portland, and sometimes uh, the fresh water goes like you know, like a hundred miles out to sea, depending on on the season of the year. But uh, it's called Fort Stevens State Park, or the Clatsop Spit. So it's Fort Stevens State Park at the mouth of the river in the in the Canada. Uh, you drive and you drive and you drive and there's you go out you end up on a sandbar called Clatsop Spit and you can see uh, Astoria off in one side and then the uh, the ocean on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then at the tip of Clatsop Spit, there's a tower that you can climb up and for you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a two mile long broken concrete breakwater. 
from the tip of class of spit. That I you lost you. Break water? What's yeah. that? Uh, just a pile of broken up concrete. Oh. So uh, it What's goes it there out for? into the ocean for two miles. Why is it there? Uh, control the current and the silt buildup. Okay. Now, when the when the river originates up in Canada, have you ever been where it begins? Yeah, Columbia okay. Lake. Okay, and describe Cast that. It as you spot. drive up from uh, Glacier National Park into the Canadian Rockies. Mm-hmm. It's a big lake. <laughs> so it has all these tributaries coming from mount- tall mountains, or describe it. Yeah, well, British Columbia is just, it's got just tons and tons of water and lakes and rivers and glaciers and, uh, you know, just, uh, that's why we have so much water. Now, uh, describe. We're very lucky. This is something that your background may be able to evaluate for us. would, Would Canada have more water than almost any place in the world as a country? Boy, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Western Canada. <laughs> well, find that out for us. Uh, yeah. Um, Oregon does pretty well in, in Washington. Well, I know Oregon has a lot of water. You've a heard of the, the rainforests. Uh, we, we have some rainforests in, uh, mm-hmm. in Oregon on the coast. But Canada is huge. They don't have a very big population. It's an enormous amount of territory, yeah. yes. Uh, in the North American continent, but uh, find out for us if they, how, the abundance of water they have is comparable to the rest of the world. It would be fascinating. Now, the Columbia River starts out, you, since you've seen it where it originates, it, does it do like the Rogue River does? It starts out very small and gets wider and wider. Does the Columbia River start out small or it just originates from the lake? Yeah, of tributaries are from the lake and it drains down into a, a narrow river and then it drains into a wider river. Uh, that's pretty big for, I mean, uh... 800 miles up it, uh, you have, or, uh, five, maybe 600 miles. Mm-hmm. You have Cooley Dam, which is, mm-hmm. uh, the largest concrete structure in the world. And that's way far up the river. And at that point. And is that in Washington? It's in Washington State, in central Washington. At that point, there's a whole lot of water coming down through the Columbia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's up above the gorge, and it's, you know, like three, 400 miles into Washington. Now, they have how many reservoirs called dams uh, to help the water so that there will be no drought? A reservoir no, have... hold back water so there will not be a drought on, that plant, on this planet in those areas, hopefully. Yeah, they're for flood control, power, and irrigation. Okay, so how many of those are there? Uh... Three? I don't know. It was 11, I think. 11? Yeah. On that uh, one. Bonneville Dam is the Dalles Dam and the biggest. Of so the- coming from Canada to to assist the water, to give the nature of the water, so we don't have droughts and we do have what's necessary in the North American continent. There, they have eleven of those reservoirs. Something like that, or maybe it's the Missouri that has eleven. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, we got to watch ourselves here. <laughs> been, Find that out for us. Yeah, I've been reading also. too much. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was my fault too, listeners, because I stumped him. I didn't. He didn't know I was going to ask that. But I mean, in the 1930s, uh, this was a big project. Was to dam. You know, they built all these dams on the Columbia in 1935 to 1940. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you ever been up by Wenatchee and, and Cooley Dam area? I have. Um, mm-hmm. You drive through it as desert, mm-hmm. and then you see all these apple orchards all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
Well, everybody knows apple orchards don't grow in the desert. And the reason they have all these, and it's the best apples in the world, mm-hmm. Washington apples. And the reason they have all these apple orchards is because of irrigation from the mm-hmm. the dams on the Columbia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the Columbia River coming down from Canada, coming through Washington, what's the river called in Washington? Is it called the Columbia, too? It originates oh, as the yeah. Columbia, ends up as the Columbia. They're not calling it anything else. Nope. Okay. Okay. So then it comes down and gets very wide yeah. coming down into Oregon. The is the snake, which, which is also uh, hits the Columbia. Hits the Columbia. So the Snake River in Idaho? Yeah. Is, that's, that's is, the is the largest influence from the Columbia River? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now that's a wild, treacherous river. Very well known for hike uh, boat uh, boats and um, and river rafting. Uh, yeah, oh, enormous recreation. The yeah. Columbia goes past uh, the Hanford uh, Tri Cities area where they have all the nuclear stuff uh-huh. in Washington, and then uh, at the city of the Dalles, the river is about three miles wide. And it's in the middle of the gorge, and that's the windsurfing capital of North America. Mm-hmm. Because of the, the wind's coming through the gorge, and the, the river is so wide there. It's just mm-hmm. terrific. So anytime you drive by the Dalles, there'll be hundreds and thousands of uh, windsurfers out on the river. Thousands? Or hundreds? At least hundreds. Hundreds, possibly yeah. thousands. I mean, it's, it's world famous. World famous. So at some times of the year, it could be up to a 1,000 people Probably out the, there. The, the, the best windsurfing spot, you know, on the earth. Is right there. It's considered, yeah, the Columbia River oh. by the Dells. Uh-huh. Well, we don't have much time left, um, and I'm sorry that our time was shortened, but I really was enjoying the doctors that I had previously on the health yeah. matters. Um what are some of the rivers that you think we should go in and study art on for our listeners to think about? I think the Columbia is an enormous, good example of healthy water. And yeah, I'd like to talk a little more about the Columbia and okay. uh, the Missouri. Also. And come up with some examples of what people should consider that the Columbia is providing that maybe other parts of the world are not thinking. Because without water, there is no planet. And the health of the region depends upon the water. So the region won't be healthy. By the way, did you know that Georgia got their water? It yeah. rained. The state of Georgia, it rained. Good. It rained here, too, boy. <laughs> but I'm talking about where they had an enormous problem. They were out. They thought we were afraid they were going to have no water there for a while. It was frightening to them. And then they should be frightening because they haven't built a reservoir for about 40 years. So I hope they take that serious for the culture of their lives there. Yeah, there's a lot of people who want to get rid of those dams, but they, they serve a purpose. Well, they're called reservoirs, and reservoirs mean you're going to protect the water in case there's no you know, depletion of water. Yeah. And without water, the planet cannot survive. So why let the ocean have all the influence? Can't land have some of the influence? And it also helps the aquifers below the earth, too, Phil. Yeah, they interrupt the fish runs, but if you've ever seen the farmland up in eastern Washington and... Up by Hood River, mm-hmm. at some of those beautiful, richest farmland in the world. And well, we're going to have to go, and we'll do this next time. And uh, I'd like to have you next week, if you would, because I'd like to go into this further. Okay. Uh, and we'll go into some of these waters that people should hear about. Art, thank you, and you have a nice day. Absolutely. Thank Always you, great. Art. Bye. Bye.
Well, today we've learned a lot about the nature of your life, the naturopathic physician, and look them up. Uh, look it up on the web and learn a little bit about integrative medicine. And don't ignore either side of our medical needs. Both need each other. They both need each other. We need the nature of our life and the other side of our life with our medicine. So please look that up. You're lucky you're living in an age you've got the Internet and lots of books at the library. I want to thank you for listening. I, and I know Earth has a secret. Embrace your life. Every precious moment, you're here. It's a gift. Earth is whispering every moment of our lives. Never say goodbye. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. 